guys, KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution. Today is a very amazing cast. We have such a bright light coming to the TNT mic, Pratiti Pothic. She is a real, real estate professional, a business coach and founder of Results by Design, a five-step coaching program that could change your business and your life. She experienced adversity very early on, losing her son, uh, but she's got a striking ability to connect with others uh, instantly on a really deep level and have intimate conversations even while you know doing business or just walking through the grocery store. It's a pretty amazing gift that she has. Um, she's got a great journey she shares with us and she's really vulnerable and very inspiring, obviously. And really talks about not letting the negative experiences that we go through in our lives uh, take control and really understand that we choose our thoughts and we can choose how we experience this world. So this is a great one for 2020. Lean in and look for her coming out soon with her own podcast. I can't wait to see it. Thanks again for TD. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm excited today. We are at PodMax. I think this is my fifth one. Uh, I've got Pratiti Patik. Am I right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Okay. We're close. The names, it's the hardest thing for me, but Pratiti is, like her energy is tangible. Um, we're, of course, not in person, unfortunately, but I'm excited. I'm not even going to read Pratiti's bio. We're just doing a little pregame. She's going to dive right in and just give us the four-in-one. Pratiti, welcome. Tell us about you. Thank you so much, Kristen. I'm so just awesomely excited to be here with you. I love listening to you and just to have the opportunity to chat with you is so fun. Bless um, you. I appreciate that. I'm a realtor with Keller Williams. I am diving straight into life coaching. I'm a business coach. So I just recently created a program for agents because so many people are just coming in as like a W2 and then to run your own business and try to maintain your health and your personal life and everything, it can be super overwhelming. So I just wanted to structure it in a way that's different than any other coaching program. So I'm super excited about it. It's launching next week. And congratulations. Really, thank you. Um, really, the, the platform of podcasting is just so amazing to me because I have always felt like my gift was just the ability to connect with somebody on such a personal and deep, intimate level because I'm very open and visible um, to my experiences. And I just love sharing things that have gone on for me in my life with things that a lot of people would uh, perceive as like negative experiences, but I'm not going to say they were great moments in my life because I've made some poor choices, but they were definitely the moments that I grew and evolved the most from those experiences. So that's really what I love, love talking about. That's amazing. Okay, well, before we've got a ton to unpack there, which I'm extremely excited about. <laughs> I love that you say unpack, and I love that you call everybody humans. Yeah, I, and I also don't know where that, because sometimes you just go with stuff, but it just feels like this more complete, like, three-dimensional being, like, body, body, mind, spirit, like, in a body. So I don't even know if that makes sense, but... Um, Tell us about like young Pratiti. Like how did we, I mean, I, I always think like my young humans, like it's somewhere in the blood of like the life coaching or spirituality or mindset. Like it's kind of in there that gets revealed as we get older. But tell us about like the, the early parts of the journey that helped you get to where you are now. So yeah, um, I came here when I was two years old. I was born in India and I am 
coming at a time where it was kind of like blacks and whites and me. So I was there, there weren't any other Asians. As a matter of fact, I don't think that there were any other Asians in school with me until like the 10th grade, if you can imagine. Where did like, you grow up? I, it, it started um, elementary in Northeast Philadelphia and then okay. um, Bucks County. So I'm out in Chester County now, which is only about an hour away. So it was um, it I, it was an experience of being picked on and bullied and name called just because I was very different than everybody. It's just like, well, what are you? I'm like, well, wait a minute. Um, uh, I don't know. And I think <laughs> not what, maybe who? I'm pretty, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I was very tomboyish, so I loved fitting in with the boys more than the girls. I think I got picked on more by the girls. So I, I think through that journey of just trying to fit in and belong and figure out who I am, which I don't know that I did that for many, many years until later, but I became a really good people pleaser and also the biggest bully to myself, right? Because the only person I wasn't pleasing was me and I was the mean girl to me. I was like, you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You don't know what you're doing. And through that journey, I think I just made lots of poor choices and started smoking very early on and then became like an outcast of both societies because I kind of didn't fit in with the outside of my house and I no longer fit in with the inside of my house with my culture and my parents were very strict. So uh, I, I think it just led me down a journey of just trying to figure it out and wandering around not knowing what I was doing. Well, I mean, that's, that's amazing. And I think if you pull back um, to any young person's journey, there's that point of like, when you're really just trying to figure it out. And I think it shows up differently for different people. And depending where you are, um, Denver, actually, I mean, we're kind of like, we're a, a populated city. We're kind of like a central ish hub, but I still wouldn't claim it as like a very diverse place. And yeah. fortunately I went to public school and it was somewhat diverse for Colorado, but not really. And I wasn't really exposed to diversity, which I'm th so thankful now. So I went to George Mason university and it's, um, it's on like Forbes most diverse colleges in the country, I think, or something like that. Um, I went there to play lacrosse. So I had no idea. I just happened to luck out that that was one of the attributes. <laughs> uh, but you don't, you don't know what you don't know when you're young. Like you're just, you're, your world is so small and that coming to age is really hard. I don't know if your parents were really mindful about talking about um, self-love or expressing emotions or anything like that. S yeah, certainly not a conversation in our yeah. household. Um, yeah. Well, what was this turning point for you where that like that mindfulness started to be like, okay, time out. I'm the one. And I think women are, are worse about this. Like we are super hard on ourselves. Men too, but I, women are harder on women. Women are harder on themselves. In my experience, granted, I'm only a woman, so I don't know the male side. Um, but what was this, the turning point for you where you're kind of like, mm, okay, I know this isn't, this isn't right. Where can we find some growth? Well, you know what? There was several different points in my life, but what I what I will say is, you know, as things were happening in my household, and um, I was keeping so much of it to myself. Plus, like I said, I come from a, a strict household, and so I wasn't like the girl that was hanging at the mall with my girlfriends or going to the movies out. Like I pretty much went to school, came home. I was, okay. um, you know, I. I Anybody would say, well, you were probably a popular girl in school, but I was like popular, like my friends were my friends in school. They weren't really my friends outside of school. And I think that there was a point where I was about 16 or so and talking to 
some of the teachers and the counselors in school and they were like, I wish all of our kids were like you. You come Aww. to us, you tell us what the problem is, you know what the solution is, you know what the limitations are. And it was just like, oh, really? And I think it was because I had so much time at home to just analyze everything and really think about like, why is this happening? What's going on? How do I feel about it? What am I thinking about it? And I think that um, is something that I've always been doing. And I, I say today, like, well, I'm really good. I've always been really good at thought swapping, right? Like going from your negative thought to your positive thought and turning it around and never really looking at things like they're happening to you more like, like, what am I supposed to get out of this? What's happening here? And yeah. I, I think that because of that, um, finally being introduced to life coaching, it was just like an aha. It's like, oh, wow, shit, this is what I've been doing my whole life. I just yeah. didn't know what I was doing and didn't have like the structure or formula to it. So I think that is where a good turning point was. And then I could dive so much deeper. Um, I lost my son 11 years ago. He's my only child. Wow. And so my three major turning points in my life, I would have to say, all had to do with him. Number one, my first introduction to dating was my son's father, who was American. So I was, again, just doing it all wrong. And uh, we were engaged, and he left when I was three months pregnant, and we didn't see him again for 10 years. So when that happened, I uh, like my entire friend's family was probably just against not me, but the idea of me having to struggle as a single mother and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I, I really just was on my own journey and I, I absolutely wanted to have my son. I didn't know it was a son, but um, that was a huge turning point because I ended up, you know, living in my car, working two jobs, trying to figure out what I was going to do, feeling very empty and alone and scared, like terrified. And so I originally just wanted to like, die and then i was just like okay so are you gonna live or are you gonna die and if you're gonna live then i guess we better figure this out and i was just very aware of what was going on for me and um very strong with my decisions even though they may have looked like poor choices to some people um they were my choices and i was in love with them and so you know it actually you know having my son at that point was the second most amazing thing in my life and pivotal moment where there was a huge shift. Like I went from being like the black sheep who isn't going to do shit in her life to all of a sudden gaining the respect as a single mom, working two jobs, going to school and making it happen. My son was a really good kid. And, uh, there was, there was just a new, respect i think within my family elders just because i think there was a shift for them like she took a chance to do what she wanted and didn't just go with what we've all been doing our whole lives and it's working in some weird way that we don't know <laughs> but yeah. it's happening and it's amazing like she's got an amazing relationship with her son he's so like so that was just an amazing change in my life like and then fast forward 17 years my son Bevin is one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life and I'm honored to have been his mother he was very well-rounded like football hockey soccer basketball baseball not baseball let me stop lying but he <laughs> loved 
skateboarding, snowboarding, like anything with a board, he would have loved being out with you in Colorado. Hey. Uh, <laughs> and, and like also like the cool kid, but then the total dork geek nerd, total Indian kid who knew his time tables up to 30 and would whoop your ass in chess. You know? <laughs> yes. But, but he's a climber. And what happened was he climbed a high voltage structure, touched a wire by accident and fell 40 feet. Like that was it. Oh it was God. like, and, 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 you know, I will have to say I have grown tremendously through the loss of my son. Mm. I mean, my son literally like his just being here, it's almost like my son came here to like pick me up off the ground and elevate me into the air because mm -hmm. that's what his life and his passing has done for me. Oh my gosh. Well, let me, first of all, my condolences. Right, yeah, no, the energy. No, it, it's, it's literally perfect. Um, and I do, I do remember our interaction now from, um, the last pod max. Uh, it, it stood out significantly. We dove, we had like a five minute networking thing and we went right to deep conversation, which we discussed earlier is, is critical. Um, but gosh, what, what's really standing out to me is a, your strength as a human being, uh, and as a strong woman with a lack of family support, I think a lot of people take that for granted and assume that like, oh, well, you know, the grandparents are there, this and that. And like a lot of families don't have that like at all. And, and then when it like, it comes to, like a morality, like mm, we don't agree, then it's even, it's even harder. And now you've got a whole other life to worry about. Um, but God, what really stands out to me is what a beautiful gift his presence was and like right on time to shift everything like that's just in time. like it was like just in time to save my yeah. life and i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you yeah no that that's it i mean it, it, it feels like that like it just feels like a, the most like dramatic intervention possible um and i talk a lot about this in the podcast like for my varsity humans like we're doing it this way we're figuring it out like you need the most radical shift to actually shift and that sounds like it was that it was that and i and i, I tell you something you know it totally was like this lack of support from my family. But at the same time, that was like a short, quick moment of no support. But then I have been just unbelievably supported my whole life with my parents and my extended family. I think Devin was a very lucky guy because when he was born, um, he was not only the first grandchild, but he was the first boy in the family. I just have one sister who's eight years younger. And um, he got to grow up with me, my parents, my grandparents from India, my aunt and uncle that were that spent tons of time with us. They just traveled back and forth. And my uncle was like an English teacher in India. So they were retired here. Like my son knew three languages. Like he just, he just blew you away with yeah. You know, he just never was a kid where you'd call him for dinner or call him for anything. But like, Devin, come on. He's never going to be like, okay, yeah, give me a minute. He's never <laughs> doing He's just doing exactly what you tell him to do. Um, but yeah, he, he was very supported. And my family really has struggled through the loss of him and mm. even my nieces. And so it's, it's, it's been like almost like he came and saved everybody's life because he didn't just save my life he genuinely repaired all of that relationship between me and my parents and my family because they looked at me like, 
okay, she's not doing any of that. Like, she's smoking cigarettes. Women do not smoke cigarettes. She's dating boys. Okay, send her to India. Let her go get married if she wants to if you have a boyfriend. Um, I didn't get married. I got malaria flu, which is a, which is like a different M word. Universe speaks, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and every day, I'm sure, I'm sure my extended family was like, okay, keep the kids away from her because she might eat them. You know, <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it's, it's so crazy how things work. And then, you know, how we are kind of like our strong willed young selves and we don't really understand that till we get older. Um, but I look at like magical things. I'm not a parent. I have dogs and I, I you know, you I've are seen, a parent. I am a parent. Yes. And, but I see the loss of like animals and it rips my heart. I couldn't, I truly couldn't imagine if it was my human. So my heart just bleeds there. And, you know, as I've lost friends that are young, I, I mean, it's such a deep stamp to think like quality over quantity, you know, and, I, and then I have other friends that, you know, are 90 plus and they don't really care to be alive. And it's like, God, I have so many people that would do anything for one more day. And it's like, then I have this other person that isn't really thriving in life and doesn't really care. So it's this weird thing, but it kind of brings you back down to earth of, or at least for me, the mindset of, of quality over quantity and that maybe you can pack a lifetime of worthiness in a short amount of time. You don't, it doesn't need to be 90 years and maybe that's not what it's meant to be. And um, I say all this lightheartedly and I know it's not a lighthearted conversation at all. Um, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, as I process some of these other losses, that's, you know, pieces of, that have brought me clarity. And then the more I reflect, I'm like, God, that, that makes sense. Because you just said, like, you look at the amount of impact. It's not amount, like the matter of time that you have to do that. It's like, what are you doing in the time that you do have? And if it's that impactful, it sticks for a lifetime. It's timeless. Absolutely. Just like, I mean, I, I think that everything we do, and I, I was, I was like this before my son's accident. And of course, so much more, um, mindful of the moments that I share with people because like what you and I are doing right now. And that to me really is what life is all about. It's, it's this moment, it's yeah. the memory that we're making with this connection. And it doesn't matter if it was this one time, it doesn't matter if it was for five minutes, 10 minutes, like you should be showing up in a way that when that person walks away from you, they're like, yeah, that was, that was really good. I really enjoyed that. And like, we could see each other 10 years from now and it won't matter what we talked about. If we even remember what we talked about, but you will genuinely remember how you felt and just want that again. That's why when you make a, a deep connection with somebody, whenever that time, like, you know, people are like, Oh, I'm in real estate. So I can't tell you how many new agents are like, well, I haven't talked to this person in five years. Dude, I could call somebody up <laughs> 35 years later and they're going to be like, Pratini, I can't believe it. It has happened. It is truly yeah, I believe it. Years ago, I had a girlfriend from seven years old to 13. We hadn't seen each other in 35 years, except for once we ran into each other with our kids. Okay. And um, they were little. And she had reached out to me on Facebook sometimes. And she's in New Mexico. I'm in Pennsylvania. So she's like, hey, I'm going to be in the area because her mom's still there. And we tried to connect, but it never happened. And we hadn't seen each other. And then, like, the one time she, like, messenger me, I, like, hit the bling on the video chat button. She had her hair up looking all yes. and stuff. <laughs> I had no makeup. I was in my pajamas. I was like, oh, my gosh. She was like, it was as if we just, like, were 13 and a half. Yeah. And that was an amazing moment. And that's the kind of moment I always want. I don't, I don't care who it is. Yeah. I want to know that, like, I, I joke around. 
And I'm, I would say, like, listen, once you're my people, you're my people. Like, there's no beeping. Yeah. You're not allowed to go anywhere. <laughs> you well, know? I- I think that's a really good mindful like practice plan because I mean life is serious and you know when it's serious and I'm particularly someone as resilient and strong as you are that has seen true true adversity um, and can still put on a smile and and understand and appreciate and find purpose in this world when I, I think when you lose something so close to you I, at least for me I would assume I would I, I don't know the, what would even feel purposeful to me anymore. So if you can suck out the joy still and put on a smile and find the silver lining in, if, if at all possible and then laugh in between, that I think is, it, it's got to be like the best medicine. And you're not only taking care of you, but like, God, when you smile and put it out to the world and then you attract like-minded humans and you guys get a vibe, like w- the world needs that right now, particularly in 2020 when everything's running amok and we're shut down, the connections, the the real conversation, the empathy, that's what we need. Um, but that's a give. So I, I really champion you, you know, to again, to rise from the adversity and then be able to put on a happy face, find the purpose and then be meaningful to other humans. That's huge. Well, you know, I think that... Um... I think that we, we, I don't want to say we all have that in us because I definitely know people who just like fight that happiness all the time where they're just like, no, no. And they really love being in that victim role. Um, I've just never really, I'm not saying I've never been in the victim role. I just don't like staying there. (laughs) You know, I am okay with, um, here's all I can say. Life is 50-50, right? That we definitely know. And it's definitely not all glitter and rainbows and unicorns and happy, happy. We wouldn't even be able to appreciate that if we didn't allow ourselves to experience the other side of it. And I absolutely 100,000% know that each and every one of us have gone through some type of bullying, some type of needing to fit in. We all question ourselves, you know, we all go through different things we all got picked on for either being fat ugly short stupid you know whatever it is um we all have experienced the same things on some level and then we had to internalize that and maybe some of us have gone through worse things maybe some of us have gone through abuse or or neglect or abandonment or or some form of that and when you're going through that kind of stuff that's not when you're traumatized right that's when you're just in survival mode and that's a good thing because kids go into just survival mode because they can't really process it so it's only later when you're an adult that's when the trauma begins because that's when you start to internalize it process it figure out what it was and usually we end up blaming it on ourselves telling ourselves how we didn't do it right we could have done it better how could we have prevented it we're so dumb And that's where we get stuck. And out of any horrible thing that can ever happen to you in your life, there are 100% there are things to be grateful for. There are so many things I'm grateful for through the loss of my son. And that has been the biggest growth from that one experience, which was, I would say, my worst experience. And I know that if I can get through that, because I can tell you before, I would have been like, I couldn't even breathe without him. So how am I breathing now? It's because I continue to get amazing strength from him. And just knowing that I'm always going to be his mom. Like people say like, well, you know, I guess it doesn't affect him anymore. It absolutely affects him. Every time somebody goes, look, there's Devin's mom. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I mean, so well said. And I, this is, uh, if you're not planning to start a podcast, I hope you do because this is I the do. beauty. Okay, good. This is the beauty of this medium and even social media, which obviously pros and cons. I think it can expose our young humans to unpack trauma, which just, I completely agree with you. I think everybody has it in some capacity. And even if one person's is what we consider far worse than another's, how someone internalizes maybe that lesser traumatic experience, it might be so traumatic to them, they can't process it at all. And it might be putting them into a level where they don't want to be here anymore. And regardless of what it is, it's like cultivating this conversation of like, time out. I, I'm living proof. I've gone through the, the most horrific thing you can think of. I'm okay. I'm smiling the other side. Just take faith that here's a few steps to what to do or believe in yourself or whatever and start the path to recovery or, or healing or whatever it is. Um, but I think people, particularly our young humans, to see it and see like a living, breathing example of it, not just like a Wikipedia page or a hotline. Like I think all these tools are great. However, for someone to be open and vulnerable and genuinely share their journey and for other parents, I think to hear you has, has got to be just unbelievable. Um, and that's got to be a community within itself, I'd assume. But these are... I mean, they're just, it's extraordinarily powerful. And I, I just really want to champion you for being able to put it out there, almost like relive it and then find a silver lining and, and it lives on, like the purpose lives on. Um, it, but that's, it's, it, it's an ask from you and it's a major thing to carry. So I just, I really want to acknowledge you and champion you for that. Cause I think it's deeply, deeply impactful and important uh, across the board. Thank you, Chris. I, you know, I appreciate that. But I think, like I said, we've all gone through things. And if I could think about, um, you know, losing my child, I can also think about somebody who's potentially lost their whole family and their house and everything all at the same time. It isn't about like one person going through something worse than other. What I really want, and I, I think this medium of podcasting is so different than and all the rest of the social media because number one I can look at your Facebook page and I can get on your LinkedIn and your Instagram and all that and I'm just gonna see a picture of you or maybe a quick video clip or just you know something quick and I might see some great quotes and go like oh I love where her head's at but to be able to listen to you and really know what you stand for and and what you embrace in life that's where you literally can become my best friend and you don't ever actually have to meet me yeah. And that is like, you know, when, when I first heard you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with, I'm like, shit, I need to upgrade my <laughs> like, Dude, that's a podcast in itself. <laughs> I'm like, I need to upgrade. But that is the true thing because this platform allows you to really share with your young humans, as you say, to embrace those negative moments in yes. life because they are the moments that you will grow the most from if you allow yourself to know let me just say this those moments will never go away even though the, like the actual event is over it is never over until you actually learn what you're supposed to learn from that event only then can you let it go and yeah. that i think is factual Huge. and knowing what you know like just thinking about things intentionally instead of just being at the effect of your life, but really making choices. Like, and the only way you can do that is to really, I dump my brain onto a piece of paper every single day. I want to see my thoughts so that when I'm feeling shitty, I'm like, well, of course you're feeling shitty. Look at all these shitty thoughts you got going on. <laughs> you know, but that's, that's what, if you don't, if you're not aware and you don't see what your thoughts are, because the, the thought that's keeping you is some thought 
from like 1974. Excuse yeah. me, gotta go. I'm 51, so <laughs> you are not 51. I am 51. You're, go, girl. Okay, <laughs> uh, you're out here. My son would have been 29 this year. What? Oh my gosh. Okay. He been turning 29 at the end of December. Yeah. Oh well, I don't want to be inappropriate, but I usually date younger, and that's right in my age range. So you I know. love that. I know because <laughs> when you guys were talking, you're like, I'm gonna be weird. Like, shut up. <laughs> acceptable okay. you should have busted in and been like get out of here next case um well like, awesome for years i could do the 55 and older you know what i'm saying <laughs> dude you are hashtag goals i love it um that's dude that's hilarious i literally never would have guessed it however i will say this because i don't know i, I did a, po- a podcast with josh and we were talking about my birthday and i was like joking about botox and and, and the iron the silver lining was we were talking about do what you want to the outside it's about the inside however <laughs> I mean, it's real, but what I will say is, and you can see it through you, it's the glow. When you kind of find this alignment in life, and I work on this uh, on the regular, and you know, staying maintaining, like God bless you for writing down your thoughts, because that's that's hard to do, and that's something to champion itself as well to really look at yourself on paper. Um, but when you have that inner glow, it you see it. So even with Botox and hair dye or whatever you're doing, the inner glow is like the key piece. Um, and it, you, it radiates off you. Like, I can see it. it I mean, it's it, it's some, like an energy reader. I don't know if they'd say it's like blue or orange or whatever, but like it's there when it's there and you know it. Um, and that's a big piece. What? So we kind of le- led into like the importance of relationships. And I love, this was, I'm a, I love business. I love sports. Like I love all the life skills that come through those things that we can then apply in our life. But bottom line for me, business is relationships. Um, you obviously are a relationship human. You're great about connecting. How has, you know, being good at this and it just really being innately authentic to you, how has this supplemented your business, particularly in real estate, where you're helping people make probably the biggest purchase of their life? Right. I help them get into the biggest debt of their life as well. Also true. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, actually, what you what you said is you just nailed it. Um, when I have new agents come into um, real estate and they're like, "I'm not a salesperson," or you know, I said, "Listen, you're not here to sell anything. You're here to create relationships. That's it." Like when people are ready to do business, they're going to do business with who they feel confident with, who they feel comfortable with, who they have a connection with, who they trust. Like that's what your goal is to create relationships. And the way that it has helped me is I've always been somebody who instantly, like I connect with people instantly because I always, I, I, I allow myself to be very open and visible um, to people. And I do that very early on. I share with them something very personal, deep, intimate about myself. And it's kind of hard not to create deep connections when you do that, because when you hold things to yourself and mostly it's because you, you're afraid to, to show yourself and be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. That is the quickest way to have a deep connection with somebody. Even if you connect it with them for five, 10 minutes, um, and that's how it's really helped me in my business because um, even if you weren't referred to me by a friend or you're already not a friend or family or previous client of some sort, uh, I'm going to connect with you instantly by just being on your level and, and sharing something about me that's going to connect with you because we all actually are connected in every single way, just on different levels. Just because you grew up there, I grew up here, it's all the same. We all go through exactly the same things on different levels. Well, it is. I agree. And it's all energy. And whether you're like more into the spirit and woo, which is my side, or the science and it's physics, and we're talking about literally measurable energy, uh, it's all it's all the same. Uh, 
but being vulnerable and showing up, particularly with people you don't know, uh, the podcast has been great for me because I actually, I like social media, but it's like funny videos and I'm running around on TikTok or like, I love the funny side of it. Uh, but the podcast has been great because the vulnerability side, I'm a competitor. I'm, a, you know, the only girl of three brothers, like tough and strong. And I'm usually the only woman in the male dominated um, business space. So there's like, there's armor naturally. And I'm thankful for it because it's allowed me to show up confident and I'm confident when I know, but it's also like, I'm ready when you're coming at me. So I have to work when I'm not in those situations to peel pieces off and vulnerability. It's I've become to appreciate it because it does, it allows connections. It, I mean, it's the soul fuel to everything living and being, but it's hard to show up that way initially. How do you come? And I know you've been through some genuinely adverse things, but how, how are you, how can you operate being so vulnerable all the time? Well, so, you know, um, after I had my son, I had met my um, uh, ex, ex-husband now, but we had known each other since the eighth grade. And um, when we got married, he ended up suffering really uh, a lot with anxiety and panic disorder. So I always joke around and say I was a single mom before, during, and after my marriage. But um, <laughs> he, he, couldn't, he couldn't go far distances, which today I'm you know, kind of grateful for it because it was always my son and me. Um, it allowed us to have this like super deep, tight, connected relationship, my son and I, because we were always together and always doing like life talk, you know what I mean? And I didn't technically have to share him with somebody else when I was away with him, you know? So I, I was selfish and got to have him all to myself. But my husband ended up uh, not being able to work so much. So um, I was originally in the aerospace industry and I learned... Um, that when my company shut down after 9-11, um, I just said to my husband, I said, hey, whatever you want to do, I'll help you do it. And he wanted to get a, he wanted to start a construction company. So I owned a construction company with my ex-husband. I learned how to do roofing, siding, brickwork, block work. Like I can finish concrete myself. I don't okay. allow all the people to spackle and shit for me. But then after we divorced, I started my own painting business. So I think that the vulnerability comes from growing up through that kind of stuff, going through having my son alone, um, being a, a, a Indian, a tiny little Indian woman on a roof in a time where, you know, men do not want to talk to me about the roof. I'm like, listen, do not talk to my husband. He doesn't know anything except for how to do the work. <laughs> like, can you talk to me? I love and, it. That... I, I, I think I've just always been super strong and independent and because I've always been fighting my way. Yeah. Literally since yeah. I was a little girl, I've always been saying like, all right, which one is the biggest one? I got to take you out in order for me to be able to play basketball. It's bullshit, but that's what I had to do. Yeah. And because of it, I learned how to do it with just a lot of love and affection for people because all of us are human and I am very, very in touch with the human condition and that's the human heart and we all are going through the same things. We don't want to be hurt. We've already been hurt. So it's no different. So when I see somebody who is wanting to hurt me, it's only because they're in pain. It really doesn't have anything to do with me. And so if I can give that person just a little extra love and care, maybe that will help them. Yeah. Uh, that's really well said. And, um, again, I still, I still think it's, it's a 
daily deep mindful process. Perhaps that's just me, but it's uh, the vulnerability is so critical. Um, and again, another champion point because that is what we need right now. And you see it a lot with women because I think a lot of women are in situations similar to ours, or perhaps you're the only person that looks like you, or you're the only female that's there, or you're the only person from somewhere or whatever. Um, and women tend to go against each other even more. I do, I coached uh, high school lacrosse for 10 years after college and I saw my young girls working together. It was less catty, it felt like, than when I was in high school. So it's a small example, but I had, I was optimistic for a future of, of us ladies, like getting together. But then you look, just like you said, hurt people hurt people. So if you're coming from an oppressed environment, you're likely to oppress moving forward. So it's like that conscious shift to like break the cycle is hard. Like you have to be the first person that steps out to be like, mm, this isn't working. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do what you did to me. And I'm gonna be mindful about it and switch the path that, and that's, yeah. yes. that's what we need right now. Yeah. And I think that that is so, so well said what you said, because like we all go through things, but unfortunately, if you're like so many of us just go to like, what our parents taught us or, you know, listen, here's all I can say. Everybody is always doing it right. Right. We're always doing it with the thought that we're doing it right. Anytime that we say we could have done something better, it's because we have a new awareness. Mm -hmm. But when we did do it, we did it right. Exactly the way that we thought it was right. We didn't do it intentionally by saying, Hey, let's just, you know, I know this isn't right, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, yeah. There are some moments like that, but not most, you know, when you're making decisions that you genuinely want to make good decisions or the right thing to do, you're, you're doing it right according to the tools you have. I think the key is knowing that there are more tools out there. So you don't, you're not stuck with just you and your little toolbox, go to Home Depot, get a bigger toolbox and get bigger tools and get them in your toolbox. And they're all out there. We're at a very, very awesome time right now where yeah we have covid but that's also a, another huge platform to pull out our strengths take a look at our weaknesses like what are we so afraid of let's ask ourselves the right questions you know yeah are, are we afraid of death because death is on the table for us every day Yes. Yeah, I, I, exactly. People don't understand how fragile life is until it hits you right in the face or you lose something so significant. You're like, oh shit, this is, we're right there. You didn't know about it. It's out there every single day. It's yeah. happening constantly and we're all affected by it. I can tell you, um, you know, honestly, last night I was at a funeral. It happened to oh. be a boy that my son grew up with. He was a few years younger than my son. He was in a motorcycle accident. Gosh. And this was a mother who you know, had been there for me also. And I had reached out to her and I, I, I honestly did not expect her to answer the phone and she didn't. And so last night when I was at the service and she has other, other surviving children and um, they're grown. And so like out through the crowd, she came directly like beelining for me. Mm -hmm. She's like, I am so sorry. I'm like, stop. Like, how are you being apologizing for not taking my call? And I was like, so I had, um, you know, I, I'm really not somebody who shows up at a funeral with like a card and flowers. Like I made bath salts for her. I love my essential oils. So I made like bath salts for her and a lotion. I was just like, you need to soothe yourself. I'm like, let's get together. Yeah. And, um, and then her daughter just had a daughter. So she came over. She's like, Bertini, I've been telling my mom to call you. I've been telling my mom to call you. And then little did I know it was her husband who was also a friend of my son. And she was just like, yeah. She's like, oh my gosh, we were just talking about Bevin. 
And Mike was just saying that he just saw Bevan like 30 minutes before his accident. And um, it, it's like never left him. Like he just saw wow. him 30 minutes before his accident. And I was like, oh my gosh. She goes, yeah, Mike, Mike, come over here. I'm like, oh, there's Mike. And, and he didn't recognize me right away. And, you know, she's like, Mike, do you even know who this is? And he's like, no. I'm like, I'm Bevan's mom. And he's like, oh my God. And then he like came over, wrapped his arms around me. He's like, I just saw him 30 minutes. Like, I was like, she was just telling me, here, I didn't even know their husband and wife, right? And, and he's like, yeah, that's our baby. I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are amazing. But he literally turned around and said, like, see, I knew it. We were meant to see her tonight. We were meant to be with her tonight because we need to be in touch with you. Like, we're coming over to your house for dinner. Like, Bevan's friends are so amazing. They literally still call me for Mother's Day, my birthday. They take me out for dinner. Like, they're amazing, amazing. They took me out to dinner for Mother's Day and my birthday for like five years. Oh my God. So when I say that Bevan, like Bevan's friends, if they could just see a silhouette of him, they would be like, dude, don't worry about it. We got your mom. Mm. You're not here. We'll take care of her. Like that, that speaks volumes about him. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I mean, he's a young little bright light attracting all these like really incredible fellow people. Like that's huge. But I think this platform that you're on is such an amazing way to just reach out and like grab people and just say, listen, it's okay. Because we all experience things that are unpleasant, but we need to really help our youth know that these are the moments that you need to embrace. Yes. It's okay to feel sad. You know, we're too busy from the day, you know, we, the first thing we learn is like, oh, little girl, are you sad? Are you crying? Like, let me fix it. No, let her cry. It's okay. Yeah. What are you crying about? What are, like, let's understand why we're crying and choose that on purpose. Like, it's okay to be unhappy about something. I don't want to be happy about losing my son. I'm sad. I'm upset. I'm frustrated. I want to be. Yeah. And it's yeah. okay to want that because we need to be able to embrace all of the emotions in, in, in the life, because that's why we're here. That's right. what we signed up for as human beings. I say that all the time. I go, that, hello, we're human. That's what we signed up for. This all is what of it is. this. Yeah, well, and not, you don't not, know that. not daisies and roses. It's 50-50. Well, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you read any old school philosophy and it's like basically to live is to suffer. And you're like, well, shit. Okay. What, how much tequila do I need? Because this is, there's, <laughs> there's so much going on and it's, it's really hard to like, build those coping mechanisms from small things to big things and have like that life skill set as you grow up. And I do think a lot of parents, even I as a coach, it's like, you're quick to solve it. I love that you just said that and fix it versus like, let it marinate for a second. So we can like, they can manage this problem. And then we can get to a big one because now we see our young humans and like you suicides on an all time high and even adult suicide. And granted, we're on like, yeah, and drugs and uh, um, uh, opiates and like crazy stuff and even pharmaceuticals like and with adults like we are really disconnected with spiritual space or religious space or mindfulness like it's we're, we're really just uprooted from being connected to other people and the earth and the world and it's really hard so and I, I really I agree with you it's it's those little early steps early on of like okay, time out. We just scraped our knee. Let's go through this for a second and not just put a bandaid on it. Um, and I really liked what you, what you said about uh, diversity kind of to circle our whole combo around. 
when you get outside your home, you see, I mean, diversity is so beautiful, not just to be around people you don't look like or different genders or sexual orientation or whatever, economic sociostatus. It's how they live their life. Like maybe this person has a better way to cook chicken and this person has a better way to do the garden and this person has a better way to streamline their Outlook emails. Like all these like diversified pro tips where you can be like, oh, I didn't even, that's, that makes everything so much easier. And it's like little stuff, but it impacts things like on the larger level. And then you find a space to connect with them. Um, what it's all really about. Um, so anyways, I, I, we've only got like a couple minutes and there's so much more I want to ask you. So maybe we'll have to recast down the road. Um, th- one minute, good grace. Uh, can you give, kind of wrapping this all up, I, I, I've got to dig more into it at some point, um, the real estate and the business and the coaching. But I, I think the entire cast we just covered, why you're good at what you do and why it's, I mean, it's genuinely in your soul. And then you've built all these skills to, to harness uh, all your true gifts that are there. Um, but moving forward, what are what piece do you think is most impactful for you right now? Do you think that's podcasting? Do you think it's the real estate working together with people, um, just getting your voice out there? What is, what's your passion point, I want to say? I really, really want to um, start a podcast. I really would love to start a podcast because my number one thing is always connection. The business part of it will automatically happen. You know, when you connect with people, they're going to be like, what do you got? What do you want? You know, that part, that part um, will come. I don't want to say like, hey, it's not about money. It, like we don't do any business. The, the definition of business is, uh, you know, what it makes financially, but whether it's a success or failure. But yeah, I want to connect with people. And if I connect with people through a podcast or through my program or through real estate, it is all wonderful to me. So my, my biggest thing I think for anybody or especially young people I really like really love being with young people and I just want them to know like it's okay to be scared be scared and do it anyway like just be scared and do it anyway because this I can tell you um I would be shaking through it sweating my you know my menopause would be going crazy and just do it anyway because we we need to stop telling our youth that failure is something bad Failure is how we learn. Key to success. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I appreciate you. We have so much more to talk about. We'll reconnect. Um, but Pratiti, from my heart to yours, I'm so excited. I, I want to say I'm proud of you as a fellow female because uh, you're such a phenomenal example, example but really to all humans. Uh, but most importantly, I'll put it on the mic now. I think your voice is important. I think you, your voice needs to be out there. You don't need to hear it from me. But if there's anything I can do to help you on the podcast side, I'm still raw in areas, but I, I, it's very much a priority in my world. I haven't monetized one angle of it, but I know this is the passion piece. I, I, I know it's there. We're going to figure out so if any piece of it from my end is helpful i'm here holler at your girl um we can make it happen and in the meantime let the light shine i love it you're out here and you're making the world a better place and we we couldn't need it any more than we do right now i would love to do this again with you all right done and done where do we find you hit us with social media handles websites anything okay so pretty pathic if you literally look that up on google you will find my facebook my twitter my instagram my so my all my social media linkedin uh youtube i do videos on youtube um but my website is pretty p-r-a-t-i-t-i at kwrealty.com love it perfect um i might pick your brain on houses too i actually got my real estate license right out of college because i was going to flip houses and then i started a lacrosse business this whole thing but down the road you might get back hey, we in, can so. start flipping together you we'll know I, I, I know i wish you were closer to colorado i would take even a state away pennsylvania i was closer in college to you then but now we're far away 
We're not far away, sister. We're not far away. (laughs) That's what's up. We'll do digital tequila at some point as well. Right away. (laughs) All right. I love it. Please don't be a stranger and let's chat again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for TD. Bye. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.